This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description. A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a New Thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the New Thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is New Thought. Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. And we are, we are looking forward to another fun conversation. Yeah, yeah. So you pulled this, and I always like the ones where there's two words because they seem like they're similar to in the title that you give me. That's basically all I get before the recording starts. And the two words this time are destination and journey, mm-hmm. which to some people seem like they're almost the same thing, but they're not. Absolutely not. So explain, explain the question. Okay, so don't forget to put the first part, the other word in there that I said, the overworked conversation. <laughs> overworked conversation of destination and journey. Yeah, because the <laughs> soon as, soon as you, you can define it, right? It's one of those things that you can define both words. And as soon as you're okay with that and you locate yourself in that, then some shiggity happens. Or <laughs> great word. Or, or you get you get you get down the road, and here's that question again: destination journey. So it's one of those things that it just doesn't go away. When I thought about it, I thought, yeah, because maybe somebody listening might be there. It's a rough place to be stuck. So I was just thinking we might discuss that. Okay, we can definitely discuss that. And I have some preconceived notions about how to talk about destination and journey. Of course, usually I go global, which has the advantage of kind of being more about principle than about personal experience. And it also, in a lot of cases, trivializes the question. So we are here having a human life. And that is what we're up to. And if you look at the destination where we are headed in this human life, it's an end. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for reminding us all. (laughs) Well, I mean, I told you, I oversimplify, I go to the really big picture, and it trivializes the question. And when I do memorial services, which I love doing because it's just opportunity to celebrate a life, there's a wonderful poem called The Dash. And it is about when you go into the cemetery, all of the headstones have a date, and then a dash, and then another date. And everything that happened in that person's life happened in the dash. And the journey is to get to the end of the dash. But getting to the end of the dash is not the point. The destination in that case is not the point. It's the journey that's the point. Now, along the way, there are certain waypoints, certain milestones and events that happen. And here in our physical day-to-day human experience, we mistake 
the waypoints in, along the journey as our destination. Once I have my Doctor of Divinity, I will X, Y, or Z. Once I've written the book, I will A, B, or C. Once I have that relationship, once I build up the muscle, once I lose the weight, in our Beyond Limits class, there's a great quote that Roger Thiel came up with, which is living in the magical place called Someday Isle. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Someday I'll have this, someday I'll have that. And yeah, someday maybe I will. But that won't change the fact that I'll still be me and I'll still be in my dash someplace. Yeah. When you first said global, I was I said, well, let me just listen and see what he's talking about with this. <laughs> <laughs> and I get that with the dash and all of that. And then you bring it into where we live every day, live and breathe every day. And every day, of course, from a global perspective, we are living in the dash. Mm -hmm. But in the dash, there's things going on. And I guess we know the global perspective. We understand that. But the reality that we feel consciously is the everyday thing. Right. And the destination is our goal what we want to do, you know, whatever that thing is. And of course, sometimes when you get to that, then there's another one, another mm -hmm. one, another one. But what about when there is that one thing and you understand that it's a destination because little stuff happens along the way. But it, what about when those things happen and it doesn't seem to point to that destination that you're looking for or you're expecting. And it could cause a shift or bring that notion, you know, you're standing at that, I use the, the term intersection, you know, mm -hmm. you have a five-point intersection, okay, <laughs> look, it was not supposed to be this way, right? I can take a cross street, but five-point intersections, <laughs> Which one of these are going to get to the destination or, or is the destination changing? And, well, and that's like, you know, that could be a stage in life where you're trying to say, you know, the destination was this and hmm, that doesn't seem to be like, this is the road for it. Or, right. And, and yeah. this is, in a lot of ways, it's either the same conversation or the corollary to the conversation about free will versus destiny. Because when you come to a five-way intersection, you're a choice. You can choose either to go to the left or to go straightish or to go rightish or to go hard right, or you can turn around and go back the way you came, or you can get out your tent and set up camp right there at the five-point intersection, or dig a tunnel or get a helicopter to pick you up. There's lots of different possibilities there. So when we come to that decision point and what looks to us like a decision point, it's not like there's one way that we have to go that's going to lead to our happiness and the rest of them are all doom. I had the good fortune to grow up in the same town where Yogi Berra lived. And I say that just as a claim to fame. It has nothing to do with me. Yogi is famous for saying, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> and what that means is make a choice and keep moving. So it's a fun way of saying that, but keep going. Yeah, you go to the left, something's going to happen. You go to the right, something's going to happen. And it's possible for either of them to be good in their own way. It's just that whatever's going to happen on the left fork is different than what's going to happen on the right fork. 
and deciding ahead of time about which is good and which is bad is all about our judgment and our ego and our evaluation. Because sometimes choosing the thing that doesn't seem like it's going to be the most fun in the short run turns out to be really helpful for us in the long run and vice versa. And it's kind of letting go of the, not just letting go of the controls, but it is. It's letting go of the controls, but putting it in the hands of your faith or reactivating your faith or recharging your faith. Because Ernest Holmes says there's a power in the universe greater than we are, and we can use it. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it can be easy to forget that there is a power in the universe and we can use it. Mm -hmm. And so making that choice or stopping, you know, for, for me, sometimes I'm thinking if I make this choice, then the destination might change. And that's not what, you know, what I'm doing. I'm trying to get to this. And so I want to take the road that gets me to this, but then I can't see it all. I, you know, I can't know it all at that moment. However, Oh gosh, this is really getting like doing what we do, going on. <laughs> Might as well. <laughs> but <laughs> it's like when you pray, however you pray, whatever you're saying, however you're praying, and the answer is yes, but you don't know what's in that yes. Right. You think the yes is about the destination. Yes, yes, yes. But getting there, getting to the yes requires this, this, and this. Mm-hmm which is not a part of our consciousness or our awareness, probably quite intentionally so, because it might change the destination if you see the crap that's in the middle. If so. we knew how all of the pieces would fit together every time we did something, then our free will would go away. If it were absolutely obvious what's going to be the, quote, best choice for me and for everybody involved, then there wouldn't be a choice. We wouldn't have to weigh those things. Should I invite her out? Should I <laughs> should, should I take that sketchy drink that somebody's offering me in the club? Should I get into the car with that person who's trying to convince me that it'll be okay? I mean, there's all sorts of different possibilities that are in there. I want to go back to what you were talking about with, with Ernest Holmes, because I actually have a, a little bit of a disagreement with Ernest Holmes. And it's astounding that, you know, the evolution that I've gone through since I got involved in this teaching, because it would never have occurred to me to object to something that Ernest Holmes said 10 or 15 or 20 years ago. And the line that you quoted quite accurately is, there's a power for good in the universe and you can use it. And I think the full line is, there's a power for good in the universe greater than you are and you can use it. And Holmes used to start his radio show by saying that. And then Raymond Charles Barker, who's in New York, started his radio show the same way. There's a power for good in the universe greater than you are, and you can use it. And it's really powerful, and it's great marketing talk. And it's not entirely true. Because there is a power for good in the universe greater than you are, and you are using it. Not that you can use it. It's not like it's out there and it's available. And, oh, let me go get some of that infinite power in the universe and use some of it. We are using that same power to do everything. That divine presence that is the power for good, that's us. We're it. It's not like we can choose not to use it. We can use it in a way that's really going to be uncomfortable for us, for the people around us. We can use it to do things that are destructive and unhappy. But we're always using it. And sometimes when we're using it unconsciously, we're getting a lot less power out of it than we would 
if we were using it intentionally. And that's good, especially when we're making, I was going to say bad. They're not bad choices. They're uncomfortable and unhelpful choices. I see your point. But maybe I'm still like in rookie stage. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm still hanging on every bit of that because it makes so much sense and it has been so useful. It's very comforting. Comforting is not the right word. That's the only one I have available to me at this moment. I get into situations where I'm trying to pull together a project or something or whatever, and I'm stuck. And I'm not exactly used to being stuck, used to kind of knowing what to do. Mm -hmm. But then when you give up your control freak card, you kind of get stuck. <laughs> you kind of get stuck a little bit more. And I remember the first couple of times I would feel frustration in not being able to move forward with what I wanted. And then in comes Ernest Holmes with there's a power for good in the universe available, to, you know, and you can use it. And, think, and I will stop even now. And I'm saying I might be in rookie stage, but this is, it's an intentional usage that impresses me and gets my attention. I need to get this done. And there's a power for good. That means there's intellectual, what is it, divine intelligence and all of that business that's available and I can use it. And I kind of imagine and stop what I'm doing and go for it mm -hmm. or do what I have to do to allow it to come. Whatever, you know, everybody's got their way of doing it. But that right there is so good for me because it's intentional. I can use it. Mm -hmm. Whereas before, and you know, the universal laws are working no matter what, mm -hmm. but my consciousness or my awareness of it has not always been what it is now. And I can use it. And I know that, you know, I, then suddenly there's a chill out moment for me because this frustration is I've gone as far as I can. Let me go get, make a smoothie or... <laughs> or whatever it is, and it's going to come, and that assurance, it does. You know, and whatever comes, I assume that's the next go. Use what came to you, mm -hmm. if nothing more than to see what happens. But, yep. yeah, so, I see, you can't do this to me, because I got out <laughs> on this track oh, I'm, here. I'm, I'm going to take you a little bit farther off the track, cause, and this one is a quote from me, and it's kind of pithy, tongue-in-cheek, which is, vintage bill, which is, you've got questions? We've got questions too. Because sometimes when we're dealing with that power for good, the answer is not necessary immediately. Perhaps the opportunity is for us to marinate in the question for a while. You know? Mm -hmm. What's the next best step for me to take? And instead of just looking for the guidance to say left or right, or your five-point intersection, go this way. Maybe understand, what do I mean by best? When this next segment of my life experience has unfolded. What's the experience that I want to have that would let me, in hindsight, describe it as best? You got questions? We got questions too. And the more clearly we can understand the questions, the more likely it is that when we get the answer, it's going to be helpful. And as you mentioned, the answer is going to be yes. So <laughs> marinating on the question is going to be important. I've told the story before. I used to swim laps at the YMCA. And every once in a while, there would be more swimmers than there were lap lanes. So you'd have to share. That's fine. 
And as I was jumping in next to somebody, it's nice to be courteous and let them know that they're not going to just be swimming back and forth in the middle of the lane. And I would jump in. I'd say, do you mind if I share the lane with you? And I said, oh, not at all. I realized I was asking the question and looking for a no. So I changed it. Instead of, do you mind if I share the lane with you? Is it okay if I share the lane with you? And the answer is then yes. And the same thing would wind up happening, but we were at a yes instead of at a no. And it felt much more harmonious, even though I could convince myself, well, I knew what I meant. They're the same. They're not. They're subtle. Yeah. But they're different. I think you're talking about expectation. Mm -hmm. What's your expectation from the beginning? Back to Ernest Holmes. The, expe <laughs> the expectation is good. It's going to be good. There's a that scripture that says all things work together for good. Mm -hmm. And then Florence Goval Shen came to my, you know, became an acquaintance, let's say. Mm -hmm. And she talks about the next divine right step. So yep. when I stop, it's going to be good. It's like saying, listen, I don't know. I've run out of ideas. There's been times when I've said, I don't have one more good idea. <laughs> now, now that's the ultimate frustration for me, but I'll stop and know that, okay, there's a power for good. All things work together for good. The next divine right step, I need to chill until I see it, feel it, nudge it, you know, something happens and it's going to be good. So stop stressing. Go get that smoothie. There you go. Let's take a break. Uh, I want to come back and talk some about Emma Curtis Hopkins, because, of course, we haven't gotten quite enough far enough off field in this conversation <laughs> right, yet. Right. It's Reverend Bill letting you know that the Practical Prayer for Real Results class is now available on demand. That's right. You can take it at your own pace anytime you want. All of the information is at BeTheLight.com. That's B-The-Light.com. You know where to find that stuff. The class is five lessons broken down into 18 modules, and you can take them at whatever pace is comfortable for you. As you work through the process, it starts out with the theory, goes into the practice. There are experiential activities and exercises. And at the end of the program, you will wind up with an understanding of how practical prayer works and a practical prayer for yourself that will work to create transformation in your life. And as you know, it works for everything. Take a look at the class online at BeTheLight.com. There's a sample lesson so you can see how the class is going to work for you and then dive in. The great news is it's on sale now. You can register and save $20 off of the regular price. I'm looking forward to seeing you in class. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. And we're, we're having a wonderful conversation that we're not really keeping ourselves rooted down firmly to destination and journey. Do we ever keep it pinned down? We never do, but it's, it's a little bit about that because the destination is what we experience is good. And the journey is the sometimes straight line, sometimes completely circuitous spiral path that we take to get to it. And before the break, I was talking... Threatened that I would talk about Emma Curtis Hopkins, mm -hmm. the teacher of teachers. She, among other people, taught Ernest Holmes. And she says in one of her lessons, My good is my God, and my God is my good. And God and good are both capitalized. 
And when you think about your good, as you understand and experience good, to be that divine goodness, that divine possibility, then it changes the context a little bit because there's no difference between the experience of good and the awareness of God. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. So in that case, you know, back to Florence Scoville Shin, you know, guided to take our next steps, the next step toward our good. How can I more fully express that divine presence that is sharing itself as me to bring more of this experience of what I find to be good into my life or into the world? Mm -hmm. And then it becomes, in some ways, a different thing. Absolutely, because at that point, there's a letting go moment. I don't know if it's the predominant thing that's going on at the time, but maybe it is. It's letting go of what the energy, the strong energy that you have for the destination that you, as you see it, and stepping back and saying, okay, either the next divine right step is going to take me closer to this or closer to a better good, you know, because this is, if this wasn't good, I wouldn't be going for it. Mm-hmm. But there may be a divine step in there that takes me to a better and letting go allows myself to be open to the better. Not easy, though. Yeah. Because we can get invested, get really invested in that destination that we have come up with, created, imagined, whatever. In the software world, they call it a layer of abstraction, which is Mm -hmm. a disconnect. So I can have an input that directly controls an output. Or I can have an input that controls some formula or mechanism or dynamic. And what happens in that process controls the output. And it lets go of direct control, but it also lets go of the responsibility and requirement for direct control. If I build a machine that will drive down the road, we'll use the car as an example. Now, you've had the experience of when you let go of the steering wheel on a car, it pretty much drives straight. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty cool. Now you can set it up so that the person driving actually has to point the wheel straight at every moment and has to correct for everything that's going on. But the way that the wheels are aligned and cambered and towed in and whatever else is going on with them means the car has a tendency when it's turning and you let go of the wheel to come back to straight. And when it's driving straight to tend to continue to drive straight. And so there are those things that have been put into that abstraction that allow the experience of driving the car and the experience of the car going in a straight line to be much more straightforward. And that sort of thing happens all the time. It happens in our spiritual life. If we want to control exactly what's going to happen at the output, and we're going to do that by controlling the input, then we have to own the entire process. Mm -hmm. And we have to be responsible for every little thing that fits together everywhere. If, on the other hand, we allow that layer of abstraction, this is what I'm going to do to make it happen. We say, this is what I want to have happen. This is the experience that I want to have after it's happened. And then let that infinite creative power that we're partnered with fill in the blanks and keep the car moving and going in a straight line so that we don't need to effort the whole thing. Then we wind up getting to our destination and it's easier and it's quicker and it's safer and it's more of what we would call good along the way. Yeah, that's past high school space. Yeah, but I got it back to destination and journey. 
You did. <laughs> you did. I like that. Yes, you did. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm acknowledging, you know, that, yes, you did. But I'm also acknowledging that takes a level of maturity to do that, knowing that there's, well, there's influence, there's power out there that's greater. If you're not used to acknowledging that, you take the whole bowl of wax, as you said, mm-hmm. and you're trying to control all the pieces. I don't think there is a how-to. I think there's an, excuse me, an acknowledgement, a simple acknowledgement that is the truth. And we learn how to live in and navigate in that truth, not being totally in control and all of that business. Mm-hmm. Notice how, how I'm skillfully or unskillfully trying to stay away from the control-free conversation. Because I think that, yeah, I mean, you use the term ego. I think that has a lot. That's another term that might be good because everybody doesn't identify as a control freak. They don't confess it. But to some degree, it's there. Yeah. But in order to have a different experience of our life, we need to let go of all the things that we've been doing up until now that have caused our life to be the way that it is. And some of those things are going to be easy to want to let go of, even if they're hard to stop doing. And some of them are going to be really difficult to want to let go of because that's part of who we are. But the definition of insanity is continuing to do the same things and hoping for a different result. You want to get everybody on board with the whole control freak notion. Instead of talk about control freak and ego, talk about surrender, which is letting go of control. And all the control freaks go, I don't know if I want to do that. And other people say, well, that's fine with me. And then you say, oh, even the things that you have a charge about or energy from the past, in which case the surrender is called forgiveness. And you have to forgive all the things that have happened and take away the energy of them so that you can take the next step forward. And even people who don't have the control freak bone in their body are going to go, I don't know about that. (laughs) 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 I don't know about that. What she did to me in high school, I don't know if I could ever forgive that. Okay, so at this moment, I'm trying to, uh, you lost me a little bit, making the connection with forgiving everything in the past and the control thing right here. I guess, first of all, I'm extremely task-oriented, as you know. Mm-hmm. That's cool with me. You know, I am not trying to let go with that. It's just fine. My Briggs said, that's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> it's been that way for a while. It's been that way all my life. And, it, you know, but enter God, enter understanding that I do not have total control. What I do have, I look at it at this point, and I would encourage everybody to do this, right? Whatever it is, just say it's a gift. And you just have to learn how to use it. And that's important. Not trying to throw it away, but learn how to use it. What is the divine use of this? What's the divine purpose in this? Who I came here to be, let's just say for the moment, requires this little gift that I have. But I got to learn how to use it or I'm going to wreak havoc. And now I have experienced that. So that's another thing. That's another conversation that is quite funny down the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the other one that we're not going to get to finish today is surrender and forgiveness, which is probably an entire season's worth. And they seem unconnected until we connect them. Let's take another break and then we will do a prayer and we will channel our inner Ernest Holmes and Emma Curtis Hopkins 
and invite some good capital G. Get inspiration in an instant. God calls are the gentle and uplifting moment of truth to help you remember that the bright light of God's love is shining right now as you. It's your God call with Reverend Bill. Start your two-week free trial today and you'll get a phone call four times a week from Reverend Bill with an uplifting half-minute message filled with insight, wisdom, story, and fun. Let your light shine. You can answer the call to listen to it live or let it go to voicemail so you can hear it later. After the free trial, your subscription is just $5.95 a month. The details are at godcall.org. God calls are disruptive, intentionally. Whenever you write something, put on a gold star. They take you away from your routine to remind you about the truth of who you really are. They come at random times between 8.15 a.m. and 6 p.m., so you won't be expecting them. And somehow, the message is exactly what you need to hear at the time. Magic is loose in the world. It's a moment of motivation in the middle of your day. Find out more and start your two-week free trial now. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. Conversation has been amazing. Yes, destination and journey and a fair amount of other things thrown in there as well. And as usual, it leads us, just like every ride at Disney World leads to a gift shop, every conversation on the Practical Prayer Podcast leads to a practical prayer. We, and you know what? Sometimes we, I don't know about you, but I need that prayer. <laughs> oh, God. What, what have we been talking about? And the prayer today, following up on our conversation of destination and journey, is on inviting good. And good is different for everybody. Good is a way that we understand our engagement with the world. And we're going to use good with a capital G. And remember that Emma Curtis Hopkins said, my good is my God and my God is my good. So when we pray for a deeper awareness of God, we're for an ability to identify and resonate with that indwelling power and presence, that God presence is more apparent to us. And the good that we are seeking, capital G, is more readily available because it's a partnership between us and the infinite that's creating that. There is a power for good in the universe greater than you are, and you are using it. So we will take that into prayer to be aware of that infinite creative power, that divine presence, that one love, that power greater than we are, and use it. That infinite creative power that creates galaxies, that creates everything, that is love itself unfolding and revealing and expressing itself through and as and in all of its creation. That one is right here, right now. It is not just available to us. It's not just part of what we are. It is the sum total of what we are. Each one within the sound of my voice is that divine power and presence taking its own unique and specific form. That God presence is right here, right now abideth within. And the good that we are seeking is available now. It is something that does not get offered to us from the outside. It is something that we open to and allow to unfold and reveal itself in our experience. 
It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what area of our life it's from. It could be about our health and our vitality, our feeling of wellness and wholeness and comfort. It could be about our experience of prosperity and enoughness, of financial security, of confidence in our ability to engage in the world in a way that's going to be productive and uplifting for us and for everyone. It could be about our relationships with our significant others, our love and romantic relationships. It could be about our familial relationships, about our coworkers and colleagues and bosses and clients, about our neighbors and community leaders, government officials. It could be about our work, our creativity, the way that we share our gifts, the way that we are aware of our gifts and are able to share them in a way that brings more good, capital G, into the world. It shows up in lots of different ways. But that good is unfolding now, for and through and as each of us. There is a power for good in the universe greater than we are, and we are using it. Opening ourselves to new ideas, new possibilities, new guidance, new awareness, new opportunities. To allow that good to flow into our experience. We open the channel and the good flows. That's the way it works. And I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for the wonderful way it's happening for each one. Different for all of us, but that same process for each of us. And I celebrate the fact that there's nothing that stands in the way of this power. As we open to it, it responds. There is a power for good in the universe greater than we are, and we are using it. And the answer is yes, and the good is underway. And so with gratitude for all of this good, I speak this word, I release it into that creative law, the one that always says yes. And I know without any doubt, hesitation, qualification, or resistance, it's once again saying yes. This good is at hand now. And so I let it be. And so it is. Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com. Be-the-light.com. Where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results. Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at NewThoughtPhilly.org. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description.